Welcome back, Elgato Brando. Oh, buenos dias. It's good to be called Elgato. Thought you might have forgotten. And welcome back to the people of the Great Dive Podcast, to the Great Dive Podcast. Well, I told you, Brando, last week that we know what the people want. They wanted the near-death experiences. And judging by the responses and the emails coming in after last week's, I was right. Right again. They don't want to learn anything. They just want to hear stories. So, like good old James, he always does. He went to work and dug out another one for the for the kids. Sticking on our topic of cold water. Oh, good. Since it's it's not warming up, James. It's not warming up. No, it's uh, we're definitely on the decline. Uh, I think the the warm days have passed us. We'll see you again in a few in months. In May. Unless we travel. Which doesn't sound like a bad idea. No, it sounds really good right now. You know, last week we had an issue with just the chaos of equipment issues when diving cold water. Right, the, 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 the physical nature of being a warm water diver and trying to make the change of diving into cold water. Yeah, and on the all fly, that goes along with it. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't do it on the fly. It's it takes a little getting used to. It's not overwhelmingly, you know, impossible or anything. But I think no, you gotta, the, you the guy go was into it with a little bit of brains and practice. Right? Wasn't the guy going down to like eighty feet or something and in a dry suit in a dry for the suit. first time? <laughs> exactly. He had, he had Sven with him, but Sven could have done a better job. Of acclimating him to the equipment and the procedures and the just the feel of diving in cold water. But this week I've got a story about a couple of divers who are a little bit more seasoned with cold water diving. You know, it's not completely new to them. In fact, it's kind of their backyard. Well, how cold? Where are these divers? These diving. are some Northern California divers. Uh Really? <laughs> Northern California can get as cold as 48 degrees on a on a uh, lunar eclipse. Uh, El Nino, uh, <laughs> Venus is colliding into another planet type of a year, you know? Well, are, are they ocean diving or are they inland lake? Because the These inland lakes are, can get there, especially up in the hills and... These guys are going to do some ocean diving. They're going to go out to uh, one of the most lovely locations up there in Northern California. Carmel, Monterey. Yeah, they're going to be at Point Lobos up there up there in Cabo, or uh, uh, Carmel. Oh, okay. This is written by Paulette. Remember Paulette? Remember that, uh, remember that one time we were in uh, Carmel? Yeah, you were on our way to Sausalito. We had... Uh, we had roadside tacos. <laughs> Those are great. Uh, six pack of Pacifico. I've actually spent uh, some two time lines. in Carmel. So since I, I was stationed up there, so not in Carmel, but I was stationed in Northern Cal. But it's I not went to cold a gas water. station in Carmel one time. Really, you didn't go into Carmel? Went to a gas station in Big Sur. Dude, that is some of the prettiest, no, I, prettiest place. It is. It is. No, I, I we I. 
dove right off of Carmel there. Okay. A couple times. Dove off of Point Lobos. Dove right off of dove right off of Pebble Beach. Oh yeah, I've done that. I've, uh, I actually wanted to get a photo of it because it was in the background uh, with our heads in the water. It would have been cool. But um, were you there when Clint Eastwood was the mayor? I was not. Ah, it was a whole different world back then. I was taking a right turn, Clyde. If you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. Did he? Did he make your day? <laughs> did you feel lucky? Paulette lived in Northern California, and she loved Northern California diving, Brando. Well, you can't not love it. It's warm. That's the biggest thing. About cold water, <laughs> it's warm. <laughs> Northern California, that, that water you know temperature I love isn't about that cold different water? from Southern California water temperature. But she says that, you know, although the cold waters deter the average diver, she found the underwater world there to be one of the richest to explore, making it worth the discomfort. And I I think that's a a lot of, you know, what we enjoy of the the Great Lakes shipwrecks and, you know, that we're going to see something that most people don't get a chance to do because... If they've got to put on a dry suit, forget about it. Forget about it. And now that Northern California water is the same for a lot of people. If, you know, the, when they think of diving, they think of 80 degree plus Fahrenheit water, turquoise, which you is know, beaches. Yeah. The Cayman Islands comes to mind, not the cold, dark, kelpy waters of northern california or the, or, or the cold waters of lake superior they're not thinking scuba no you're right i mean the typical typical diving is what we see on tv right. which is coral reefs and tropical waters now paul it says the problem is i become very cold and usually cannot stay down more than 20 to 30 minutes. At the time of my recent disaster, I did not own a dry suit. I preferred the complete challenge of Northern California diving. Chilly waters, rough entries, high swells. Gnarly waves, dude. Gnarly waves, dude. (laughs) Totally tubular, man. I'm sorry, I had, to, I had to chuck that in there just because it is Cali. One day I'll be going back to Cali. To Cali. To Cali. <laughs> You're supposed to chime in. This is how this thing works. This podcast. Listen, listen. <laughs> All I need are some tasty waves, a cool buzz, and I'm fine. I wanted a little LL Cool J. I didn't need Spicoli. Spicoli, I, I got Spicoli. Spicoli. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think of surfing out there, I think it's Spicoli. I think of LL Cool J. Well, diving, like surfing, is not a sport. It's a way of life. It's no hobby. I want you to remember that. It is a way of life, damn it. Not- and it was, too, for Paulette. She said, I consider myself a good athlete, and I like the feeling of being completely spent after a dive. Although I'm a long-distance runner, 
I never feel more challenged than after a full day of diving. I tend to enjoy shore entries with long swims to the site because the exercise warms me up before I descend into the cold and because the swim contributes to a complete workout. I did not realize how much I relied on the swims to combat my tendency toward hypothermia until my recent incident. The incident. There's always an incident, you know. You know, when, uh, when, you, when you bring the story up like this. this. <laughs> the incident. Everything was fine until the incident. <laughs> it always is. Always is. It was, everything was wonderful. It was all going fine. One schmuck holding a schmucknickel technical diver certification card has an incident. It's all fun and games until the incident. <laughs> now, you learn a little bit in, in your basic open water class. I mean, pretty much everybody should. That with the dive tables, you make a couple of adjustments if you're doing some really cold dives. Yeah, do a, you know, a 10-foot deeper schedule. And that's because Stay conservative. The, that cold water is going to affect your circulation. True. And circulation is going to affect how much blood is delivered throughout your body, which is going to affect. Let's not get too technical here, James. Don't start talking about blood. We don't want to lose anybody that's squeamish either. No, you're right, though. Uh, circulation is impeded because vasoconstriction due to the cold. Just say, say something like that. Yeah, I don't, don't want to make it too technical. <laughs> We don't want to get too technical about how the upload of nitrogen is directly related to the perfusion of the tissue. No. No, we would lose listeners. Now, Paulette's birthday was in April, and she decided she would like to spend it underwater with her boyfriend, Dennis. Of course. Who wouldn't? I mean, that sounds like... Go out to the beach, we do a little diving, have a little have a little clam bake on the beach afterwards, open up a little bottle of, of uh, Chardonnay, maybe a little Pinot Grigio to go with those clams. Dennis has a small inflatable boat, and Dennis detests long swims. After flipping a coin and losing, Paulette says, I agreed to do a boat dive. They were in Point Lobo State Park in Carmel. Groovy. I got this coin down in Tijuana a couple years ago, Paulette. <laughs> Let me flip this. Uh, heads I win, tails you, you lose. lose. Let's see. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Heads I win. Heads I win. Now, Paulette says, on this particular day, the water was 54 degrees, although it felt much colder, probably because of the fog and the cold winds. Our first dive was to a depth of 100 feet for 18 minutes. Our surface interval was two hours and 20 minutes, which made us D-divers. D-divers. Now... This, this would be on, you know, if you're looking at your repetitive dive table, 
and you're using the old school tables, which, you know, this story is from 1990. So dive tables were still the main overwhelmingly main way of planning out your dive schedules. They still are. It's just that a computer does them for you. For most people anymore. They, they don't even bother the table. They just yeah. go to their you know well, computer the, and let it do the work. And the computer's just the tables on steroids. Yeah. Now, this table is with a, you know, when I'm looking, when I'm perusing my collection of dive tables that I have. You, you like to brag about your collection of dive tables while you sit at your mahogany chair. Or Some, your, your leather-bound chair and your mahogany bookcases. I'm kind of a big deal. Look, <laughs> look at all these dive tables I have. Look at look at look all, at all look these dive tables. Do you know how many dive tables? Is that how I you got, got Patty? Oh, you want Navy tables? <laughs> you want Naui tables? You want Patty table? You want old Patty table? You want a new recreational dive player table? You want a Seamass table? What do you want? <laughs> do you have the DCIEM tables or DCEIM? That's Seamass table. No, that's a Canadian. No, a Canadian okay. defense. But if I look at like just the classic U.S. Navy air table on a hundred foot dive, yeah. for eighteen minutes, it throws you into pressure group F, and then after a, a two hour and twenty minute surface interval, it is a pressure group D. Nice. So technically correct. Technically, <laughs> and then when I, l- I look at the uh, like the repetitive dive for this, it's going to give her on a. Dive where they're going of 70 feet, a 30-minute no decompression limit. Okay. And this is not uh, putting any uh, buffer in it for the cold water, right? Correct. She says, I was still somewhat chilled when we set out for our second dive. I lost the second coin flip. Tails, baby. Looks like you lose this time, Paulette. (laughs) Wait a minute. Let me see this coin. Let me see this coin. Heads, I win. Tails, you lose. Remember, she said, Dennis hates long swims. So, of course, he's going to keep winning. Fucking Dennis. She says, when I hit the water at the beginning of our second dive, the cold rush of water down my back of my wetsuit almost caused me to abort the dive right then. I felt very chilled and dreaded the descent to colder water. Now, we know nowadays that if there's a time to be cold versus a time to be warm. 325. 325 you know, is my favorite time. Yeah. You're going to... If you had your druthers of, of when you were cooler and when you were warmer you'd want to be i've been cool all my end. life first of all i know that's i don't why, know if i can get it that's any why you got sunglasses on <laughs> and it's dark it's, outside it's, it's uh this is still 20 minutes before the sunrise <laughs> because when you're cool the sun shine on you 24 hours a day my friend what movie is that from fast times at ridgemont high damn you just quoted spicoli i i've you're just, you haven't quotes. had a full cup of coffee, have That's, you? That's, uh, what's his face? Um, I don't remember the character's the name. Ticket, the ticket-selling guy. What was yes, his name again? Yes, I don't remember his name. Uh, it was Italian, though. It was Italian yeah, name, yeah. wasn't it? He never went on to any big fame. Spicoli did, obviously. Judd Reinhold did a little bit. 
what was the girl's name that uh, was in the bikini coming up in the pool? Phoebe Cates. Phoebe you never Cates. Gonna, I'm never going to forget that. Are you kidding me? That's, but she didn't. I mean, a little bit of fame, but she uh, she got much. out of it. She just she. Well, she yeah, because it's a cesspool of horrible things. <laughs> True. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Any uh, of you working in editing? Let's let's stop talking about Phoebe Case for a minute. Let's go back to Paulette here. Paulette. Okay, Paulette, Paulette, Paulette. She says, after about 10 minutes, I experienced difficulty breathing. 15 minutes into the dive, my body began to convulse from the cold. I felt lightheaded and clumsy. Our planned dive profile was to a depth of 70 feet for a maximum of 30 minutes. The walls of invertebrates were so beautiful, however, that I ended up dipping down to like 72 feet to more closely examine a nudibranch. I compensated for the increased depth and motioned for Dennis to ascend after 20 minutes. We were pushing the tables, but we were safely within the no decompression limits. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive, I'm going to say, on the part of Paulette. I mean, she's a a pretty savvy, pretty experienced diver, knowing that she blew the max depth and knew that she had to adjust her no decompression limit accordingly. But I would say more importantly is that she was aware of that ahead of time like looking at the dive schedule knowing that hey we're going to plan 70 for 30 but if we do actually drop to 80 instead we're going to adjust this dive accordingly yeah well i wouldn't give her that many accolades but i would definitely say it's probably above average as far as divers go these days well, especially these days i mean uh, especially these, days, these divers days. <laughs> these days divers do do not no look at a dive table well, when's no. the last time you saw somebody pull out a dive table on a dive boat? They just they just turn their computer on they do. and they jump in and they they do whatever the computer says. If they go it's come the up routine. when it beeps, come up when it beeps, right? <laughs> Which I I get it. Yeah, yeah. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, they're probably going to work as planned. But to get in the water without any clue, any concept whatsoever. It's- not of the practice. time associated, yeah. like like that, that just boggles my mind. Maybe I'm old. Maybe I'm old. Go ahead, say it. I'm old. Well, I'm getting old. As you stand there in your shorts, sandals, and black socks on your lawn, watering it, yelling, "Get at off the kids. my lawn!" <laughs> yelling at the seagulls, "Get off your lawn!" Uh, no, I I don't think that it's a your old thing. I think it's a your uh, a conscientious you know, attentive, situationally aware diver. I don't like to, I don't even like flying that much because I, I have to trust a pilot. Why would I, I don't like to trust things if I can Right, do I know myself. what you mean. Yeah. You know what the, I mean? It's the, it's the being situationally aware, knowing right. at any time, like, what you're obligated to, what the conditions are, being able to read your body and understand how to make changes on the fly. Yeah, or just that, having that takes that takes a lot of time and awareness to to build that. Well, know, it takes practice relationship, yeah. yeah. But you have to build it in from day one. It becomes a lot easier. So if you're doing it from day one, it becomes habit and habit. You know, like I was yeah, telling building, my kids, uh, it, it takes time. Yeah, to about. build that mind body relationship with yourself as a diver, it does it. You got to make it a habit. 
But that's what our minds do. We build habits, whether they're good or bad. And if you build a bad habit, what I would consider bad, which is just... Smoking crack cocaine? Hey, whatever this box, whatever this electronic box on my console or wrist tells me to do, I'm going to do. When I climbed into the boat, I immediately realized something was wrong. Something's wrong. Dennis was standing there, already out of his wetsuit, flipping his special coin. (laughs) (laughs) She said, uh, I felt very dizzy and nauseous and was shaking uncontrollably. We headed to shore immediately with no protection from the cold wind and fog and no means to warm up until we got back to the car. By the time we docked, my body had begun to slow down and I had trouble walking. I pulled the top part of my wetsuit down, towel dried and sat in the car with the heater on full blast. I was still shaking violently and feeling increasingly faint. And five minutes later, I passed out. Dennis yelled to someone to get the Rangers. Get me the Power Rangers now. Blue Ranger, activate. I'm just listening to this. It sounds like there's a, a little more than than uh, hypothermia. Although she didn't get out of her wet wetsuit, which, you know, the basics first aid is get dry. Right, right. Now, she did, she did pull the top down and towel dried off. That is a good start. But I would agree. Yeah, take that whole thing off. Get right down to that bikini, Paulette. Although maybe the the wetsuit's too tight is my other thing. I know there's you know they're tight. It's wetsuits, but uh, when she came out of the water, her body should have warmed that water up and, and actually been not too bad for her. I don't know. We don't know a lot of uh, other extenuating circumstances. We don't know her physical makeup either. So no, right. right. So what you're saying if, if it's too tight. You do, it restricts she, circulation. And then right, we go back yeah. to that highly technical verbiage we had earlier, which circulation is key to decompression. As, and uh, also staying warm. So kind of a and twofer. Warm, you yeah. kind of get a well, twofer. Yeah. Well, that's because why wetsuit, staying cold is bad for decompression. Cause, in, in a wetsuit, especially a wetsuit in the caliber of the 1990s, the um, it, it is the water that's really keeping you warm, right? So you need the, you need some water in there. In my mind, the 90s were one of the most technologically advanced ages mankind has ever gone through. The 90s were just like yesterday. <laughs> it's hard to believe that the 90s were, were 30 years ago. <laughs> That's what a man who grew up with a rotary telephone attached to the you wall know? would say. And to get it to be a mobile phone, we just put on that 200-foot coily cord that... Right, you so could you take it all take the way from the, the kitchen house. to yeah. the to your bedroom, exactly, and uh, have have your little phone call with Paulette. Right. You remember when call waiting came out? That was like this is amazing. Now no more busy signal. You probably don't even re- remember, oh, I remember busy signals, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I Fucking do. busy signals would drive you up a wall. Did did yes did did. Who is she talking to? <laughs> <laughs> She's talking to Brad. Or Dennis. Or Dennis. Everyone, including myself, assumed I was suffering from hypothermia. 
The Rangers treated me accordingly and only suggested taking me to the emergency room when I did not respond to their first aid. I was still continuing to lose consciousness, so Dennis drove me to the hospital. And on the way, I went into convulsions, and my breathing stopped periodically. At the hospital, Dennis told the ER technicians I had hypothermia. They took my temperature and found it to be (laughs) normal, which was baffling. It is baffling. The whole thing is baffling. The whole seizures and... I mean, they're, they're shaking uncontrollably. Nausea typically isn't presented, but it's not out of the question. But, I mean, does it sound to you hypothermia? I mean, well, she's I chilly, but... Right, right. Well, now it's definitely not looking like hypothermia anymore. Thank you. I think Passing it's out, losing, losing conscious in the... I mean, uh, in what is now like half hour an hour yeah out of the out of the dive yeah right and the the could be i mean dcs obviously because she was diving and and you look at that and those are all signs and symptoms well the er after finding out that her temperature was normal called in a specialist in diving medicine that they had at the hospital there. What was his name? Uh, Raul Rodriguez (laughs) Montague Hernandez, MD. Fernando Lamas. And uh, he gave her a, a thorough examination and told her that, Paulette, you have the bends. No, I said, you have the bends. And I was shocked. And began to protest his diagnosis. I consider myself a cautious and skilled diver and could not believe there was any way that I had the bends. Were you were you underwater? She was, but she followed the dive team. Doesn't matter. You can get bent. Yeah, I've seen people get bent in the pool. She did her repetitive dive group was a D. Here we go. Here we go. She We're not used gonna... her residual <laughs> nitrogen time and subtracted it from her original no decompression <laughs> limit because that's what you had to do back in those days. They didn't give you an adjusted. They no didn't give you limit. the ADL. You had to yes, figure it out did. yourself. They always gave you the adjusted ADL. Anyway, they. Uh... Yeah, I mean, she, she had know. a two-hour and twenty-minute surface interval in the cold, blowing winds of the California shore. She says, while in the recompression chamber, I questioned the attendant who was with me. What is your name? (laughs) You don't know anything about diving. Where were you born? We will ask the questions around here. She said, I told him my dive profile and proved I had kept myself within the dive tables. The attendant reminded me that you must add 10 feet to your depth when you're diving under extremely cold and strenuous conditions. According to Schmucknickel Divers International Code of Ethics, (laughs) you must add 10 feet. She says, Dennis and I had never taken that recommendation seriously. Dennis and I flipped a coin over it. <laughs> to add or to not <laughs> add. add? That's not add. Let me ask you a question. To add <laughs> or not to add? That is the question. But I mean, 
in a way, when, when you look at it, it, it does sound like the way that they make that wording. If you're diving cold right, water it's at not 10 feet, ne- it is kind of subjective, right? Right. It's a, we recommend. Recommend versus must, you know. And even when you really consider it, the whole dive table yes. really is a recommendation. a recommendation in and of itself. As is your whole dive computer, all those numbers on those dive computers. I mean, they're, they're just general recommendations that every person uses. Well, if you no think matter about no matter it, how different you really are. Well, yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, isn't life just a recommendation? It's just a big. Re- I might do something. I don't have to. I can do anything I want. So, if you think about it, <laughs> if we go deep enough into this. There are no laws, James. There are no rules. The attendant also said that anyone under 110 pounds, which I am, <laughs> should not be diving northern California waters without a dry suit, ma'am. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, it's a good recommendation. <laughs> he said that, you know... I recommend that when you're diving in extremely cold water, divers limit themselves to one deep dive a day. Not two, ma'am. It sounds and like lastly, our, our chamber tech here is getting a little cocky with old Paulette. And, and lastly, he said, if you get hypothermia, you can throw those dive tables away. Whoa, he's just dropping the science on old Paulette. You can just throw those dive tables away. And lastly, he said. And lastly, young, and listen here, young lady. If you go so far as as much to get hypothermia, you could just throw those dive tables. And I, I think that goes back to what I was starting to hint at a little bit earlier is if you keep getting colder and colder and colder and colder and colder and colder progressively throughout the dive, in reality, that's kind of the worst way to dive is to yeah. be warm and then cold. Warm on the deco is what you want. I mean, you want, if ideally, anything, you want the opposite of that. Yeah, you want to be cold during the dive and warm on your slow, very slow ascent up to increase perfusion. Right, perfusion is is the reason because the colder you get, the less blood flow is carrying that nitrogen away from all the loading that just took on throughout the dive, and as well as carrying nitrogen to the tissues too. So you it, it works a double edged sword there. You're when perfusion isn't you know has no prejudice. It doesn't care if it restricts perfusions, restricting perfusion in and out, which is kind of what you're exposure suit should be trying to do right is to keep that the 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 thermal core of your body consistent throughout the dive so that the the blood flow and the perfusion stays the same throughout the dive so that which went in has a mechanism to get it back out yeah your body's going to do that too you know your body automatically begins to shunt off the extremities as hypothermia sets sets in or before even hypothermia sets in but which is the bad way to go well, right, which is why why the the doctor's saying, you know, if you're going to dive cold water, especially in a wetsuit, be warm. It should be like <laughs> limit yourself to a dive. Yeah, or or you have to be like we were saying earlier. You got to be in tune with your body enough. You have to have that mind 
body connection to under know uh, to, to know when you need to undergo maybe more decompression than what you would typically do just by what the table is showing. Yeah, I mean, looking at that in hindsight, or looking at it from how you and I would probably approach a cold water dive to eighty feet. It would be a very slow ascent, and and uh, of course we're in a dry suit too. We're not going to get super super cold. What impressed Dennis and I the most from this experience was how hypothermia can mask symptoms of the bends. She says. Dennis said he had grown accustomed to my responses to the extreme cold and assumed that getting me warm would be sufficient treatment for whatever was ailing me, and I guessed. I was suffering from something more extreme than any usual response to the cold, but assumed it was a serious case of hypothermia. I never would have guessed I was suffering from the bends. But if you've never had it, you've never experienced it, it would be something uh, very novel and new that, that you wouldn't really know how to, how to they, understand what was happening. And, I mean... They were not classic Ben symptoms, you know. These were w- very non-classical, as what they would call subclinical, or you know, the idea that uh, you can you can have the bends and not have a, the pain or the numbness, tingling kind of thing, or the loss of consciousness. You can have a general feeling of fatigue, extreme fatigue, nausea, uh, headaches, that kind of thing, which. Right. I don't I'm curious where the bubbles you know, knowing that decompression sickness is bubbles coming out of solution too fast in the tissues somewhere. What tissues are being affected? Where is this happening that is causing these particular signs and symptoms? Because, you know, when you you get it in the shoulder, you get a bend in the shoulder or the wrist or wherever you're getting it, or you get a in the spinal column, you know where the bubbles are, right? Oh, yeah, right, right. But in this one, where would you say the bubbles are? This sounds like a more of a neurological It is some response, type of neurological. Not your typical. That's why it's, it's not your typical, I got pain in my joints, where she's probably thinking of, uh, of I don't have the bends, I don't have you know pain in my joints. Right, this or is, numbness all... or tingling or anything. Right, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I would say it's middle earish issues, um, middle ear bend, something, something like that because of the nausea. Which, anyway. You know, if, if, I, uh, if I open up and look at my diver's alert network, decompression sickness booklet. Uh, Do it. Their uh, health and diving reference series. You just happen to have in your back pocket. Is it a pocket book? No, no, this is a you know full eight and a half by eleven. You carry it in your uh, jacket. Very, very nice. No, I just you just happen to carry my, uh, it. I just pulled it off the <laughs> shelf in my scuba library. It's a, like a forty-page uh, um, reference series that you can get from Divers Alert Network. But there's a page on thermal stress, and they they say right there that a, a diver's thermal status has long been known to influence decompression risk. The impact is best appreciated by considering the two fundamental phases of every dive. The descent and bottom phase, when gas uptake occurs, and the ascent and stop phase, when gas elimination occurs. And even in there, they make, they make it known that keeping neutral on your way down, 
certainly avoiding un avoiding unnecessary overheating and warm on your way up approaching a cool to warm pattern will reduce the risk of dcs in comparison to being warmer on your way down and cool on your way up a warm cool pattern at least that's the logical thinking i'm that's curious if a study you know can we i'm sure yeah like this will be part of uh, many studies uh that happen over the next couple of years especially with the the way everybody's coming out with electrical uh, yeah yeah uh, electric heating nowadays yeah until then really it's something just that you got to consider yeah, yeah because if you keep yourself nice and roasty toasty yeah all dive long and then right when you give the thumbs up dives over all your heating takes a crap that's kind of the worst case scenario that you could well, have. Well, it, 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 no, the worst case is just to freeze the entire time. That's the fucking worst case. Okay? <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So it's a bummer. And I would say do extra decompression. But Ah, well, there's the key, yeah. right? So not being able to see past your dive computer safety stop that it's going to give you. Right. right. And being able to, again, be intimate with that mind-body connection of what's going on I'm very and having intimate. an understanding of how you can manipulate your decompression for the situation. I'd like to get intimate with your mind-body connection. <laughs> Here, let me, uh, let me flip this coin. Talk. Let me flip this coin, see if I should. Heads, I win. Look at that. <laughs> best out of you. Oh, oh you, you want best out of three? Let me flip it again. Up oh. tails, you lose. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it, that's what I would say is just do do some extra deco on the way up if something like that happens. And how much extra deco? Well, it depends on the dive. Prior to this experience, Paulette says, I had always felt that the cold water was just one more of nature's challenges. I never took my near hypothermic condition seriously. I did not feel a dry suit was necessary and was not sure I would like one. Now, however... I own one, and I use it on my first dive after the incident. My recommendation is to pay attention to what your body needs. Monitor how cold you are getting and abort the dive if you begin shivering uncontrollably. Yeah, yeah, now you got to take that with a, a little bit of understanding for what a lot of people assume abort the dive means. <laughs> don't forget people you're still so, diving yes which you means you to. still have to end the dive correctly no matter how fast you want to get out of the water you still got to get out of the water intelligently right that means a nice slow ascent and yes. stopping stopping before you get to the surface she says don't forget to add to your bottom time to compensate for extreme cold and strenuous conditions Northern California diving has a lot to offer, but you must take cold water and rough conditions seriously. And finally, pay close attention to divers who are having strong reactions to the cold. Check for the possibility of the bends and related dive ma uh, maladies. Yeah, damn it. That cold water's no joke, people. I would agree. It's no joke. It's uh, it can get you. It can get you from that initial uh, leap into the water <laughs> to uh, you know being down there on the bottom and knowing you've got time. It's going to take time to get to the surface, especially you know doing the deeper dives. If you get into the technical aspects of diving or technical diving, 
and you're doing decompression diving and you get cold on a, on a deep dive, which is where you're going to get cold, right? It's, it's cold down there, baby. You know, I would almost say that it's even worse doing deeper recreational diving than it is to do a technical dive. Because, I mean, at least with the technical, you've got some additional tools with additional gases. You can open up an oxygen window and and increase the efficiency of the decompression. But when you look at the way most people are doing, you know, dives, it, you know, approaching 80, 90, 100 feet, like these guys are doing, or, or let alone, you know, doing air dives past that to the limits of recreational diving and the limits of the time where you're pegging it right to the absolute limitations. I think those dives are even more dangerous. Yeah. Well, I would agree with you um, to a certain extent. I mean, the, the time in the water is usually longer on the and the technical dives, right? No doubt about but, it. Uh, I, I get, I get that point. And that's that's going to contribute to the hypothermia tremendously. So they, you know, with the idea of getting out of the water is your first treatment, getting getting the person dry and warm. But um, yeah, it's certainly helpful to have the ability to open up the oxygen window and and start off gassing sooner. But you know, if hypothermia sets in down there, knowing you have mandatory decompression. There's there's a point where I would agree. Yeah, yeah. at some point you might have to realize you know, I how much of my decompression here. can yeah. I bail on because the, this could be worse and and more more dangerous, if not more deadly, yeah. than a certain type of a bends hit. And being understanding like what part of a decompression affects the bends and and where you, where you can cut and where you can't to, to get out of the water with you know pain in your shoulder versus getting out of the water paralyzed you know, two very different things but getting out of the water dead because you went into a hypothermic shock and drowned is not a better one just for putting out extra no. time to finish a, a you know clearing out a computer right that's where you know the whole idea of keeping a cool head and uh knowing your body and and gaining experience diving comes in especially now that we're approaching fall and the water is getting cooler and officially, Brando, fresh ball fall is also upon us. It's finally kicked you, off my favorite time of the year. It's finally kicked off, and God damn it, you need to get into the festive <laughs> spirit. So I expect you, Brando, to light a candle today, get some pumpkin spice, and make sure your balls look nice with the sponsors of today's show. Once again, people, Manscaped. You know, nature may clear the leaves of the trees, but you're going to need Manscaped's help if you want to get ready for that sweater weather that's coming up. Get your pants puppies prepared for cuffing season <laughs> with a little trim as refreshing as a fall breeze by going to Manscaped and using the code TGDP for 20% off and free shipping. Fresh ball fall. That's right. Go out there, get your uh, performance package 4.0, people. Uh, don't forget, you get two free gifts if you get that performance package, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. That's uh, one to hold on to your Manscaped goodies and uh, one to hold your man goodies. 
Bring in fall right, everybody, and get 20% off and free shipping with the code TGDP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code TGDP as the leaves fall. Make sure you have it all with Manscaped. Nice. Brando, should we uh should we sign some logbooks on these uh, cold water dives? Let's uh flip a coin. Let me let me flip it. There we go. You lose. Heads, I win. <laughs> Finally. We've been getting a lot of you lose. Okay. So let's, uh, let's sign these puppies. Brando. This was a good dive. Let's do it again. I want to be called El Gato, James. El Gato. I am El Gato. Yo soy... El gato, no. el Me gato. llamo El Gato. Adios, El Gato Brando. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I, lo- I love the uh, the emotive. It's very emotive. Is, is that the right word? Sacre bleu. Oui. <laughs> Everything's uh, very exciting in those languages. Okay. Yeah, that's that's my sign-off. I want to be called El Gato. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. And stay cool. We'll talk to you next week for some (laughs) Halloween fun. (laughs) (laughs) Damn Skippy. Yeah. <laughs>